Welcome, friends. This is Brian Hudson. Welcome to another edition of Conversations in Focus here on the Vision Stream Network. It's always a joy to come to you and bring people to you who are doing great work in our community, uh, doing great work with helping people and making a difference in their world. And I'm talking today to a young man all the way from New Jersey, a young man named Darian Pleasant. It's good to be here. Great. Yeah. Glad to have you. Now, we got a lot of history. Uh, well, I've got more than he had. I'm older than he, had, he is. But I've known Darian most yeah. of his life, and uh, his parents are friends of mine. Uh, so we go back a long way with his parents. But this young man has a story to tell, and he's coming to his own in terms of God's purpose and his, his uh, path in life. Uh, well, in fact, you tell us, Darian, what okay. you've done. So in school, I was um, a collegiate athlete. I was on the... Uh uh, the cheer team, the cheer team at Oklahoma State University was a nationally ranked cheer team. Uh, in fact, in 2015, we won uh, the national title, um, which was really exciting and a big accomplishment at that point in my life. Um, but I've coached, I've been coaching cheer and teaching tumbling for about maybe eight years now. Um, so I spent a lot of time uh, working with kids ages from, you know, six all the way up to 20 plus um, and just uh Hoping to create better people and better athletes um, with that, so it's just it's been exciting, and, and that's that was what I uh, enjoyed doing. I enjoy working with people. I enjoy working with kids in particular. But at that time, I found um, just a great passion um, coaching and um, working with kids. Um, and you you having you running the camp like you did all those years, you know uh, the impact of working with you know young kids, working with kids, and helping to develop those things. You know, it's not just so it's not just cheer that it was I was helping to develop. I was helping to develop them as young adults and young people and, um, you know, as coaches, as camp counselors. You know, these kids that are looking to you, sharing life with you, um, coming to you for all types of reasons. So it was a, it was a cool job. It was a rewarding job. So uh, that's what I've done. That, that's what I did during school. Um, I graduated uh, yes. in August 2017 which was a long accomplishment. My, my college road was not uh, your typical college road. Um, I ended up taking a couple years off, so I ended up finishing years later than all my peers, uh, which was tough on its own, but I'm glad I was able to finish. And then uh, after graduating uh, in August 2017, I ended up moving back home November 2017, back here to New Jersey. Um, and, you know, it's been a, been a ride. It's been a ride, so... Now, you mentioned the camp. Let me let the viewers know that when you were yeah. a teenager, you came to Indianapolis. And you spent part of yeah. the summer with us in our multimedia focus media camp. And we held these media camps for 18 years during the summertime, training young people in media arts, photography, video production, graphic design. And so you came in mm -hmm. from New Jersey and just got right in and did a great job. So how was your experience? Uh, with me you know, way back then. I, I want to say, honestly, I think I was hesitant about coming because I'm pretty sure that camp was the only camp I ever really attended, you know, growing up. Okay. And I'm pretty sure my parents sent me to get me out of the house. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it, couldn't, it couldn't have sent me with, one with a better family. Um, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed myself. Yes. I enjoyed myself. I learned a lot. I was thinking about even some of the terminology you're using prior um, to the, the interview. You know, I was really thinking about it. Like, I, I first heard this terminology at the camp, you know, learning about different types of shots and all those, all those types of things. So definitely yeah. has, you know, I remember those, those moments and that information I gathered there. So I'm glad to hear that. Well, in fact, now as an author, 
you're really using some of those skills, right? And helping design yeah. your book and, and, and think about marketing. So you're using those skills even yeah. to this day. I've also learned how to ask for help over the years, you know? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not afraid to yeah. ask, ask people who are better at it than I am to help me in those areas. So. Well, we've been mentioning the book now. Let's talk about this yeah. new book. It just yeah. came out. In fact, my copy came in the mail uh, yep. last week. It's called Pursuit from Darkness to Light by Darian V. Pleasant. I want to focus now on the story behind this book. It's always an amazing thing when uh, you feel to write a book because it's one of the most important things we ever yeah. do. Uh, writing a book involves everything you know and have learned. Re requires discipline and organization of yourself. But the main thing here is there's a story behind yeah. this book. So my first question is to you, Darian, why did you write this book, Pursuit from Darkness to Light? Thinking back about it now, I'm pretty sure it was an outlet. Um, you know, prior, after graduating, you know, and I, I do share this story in the book, um, it's this, we think that, okay, we're going to go apply for jobs, we're going to get a job, make money, and, you know, move on with life. Um, but for me, it was not that easy. Um, and I shouldn't have ever thought it w would be that easy because, you know, my life up until this point has been, been a journey. Um, but after applying for different jobs and not getting many um, opportunities and callbacks, you know, I just kind of fell into a slump of like, well, what am I doing with my life? Um, and I just became um, more and more depressed about the feeling of it not going anywhere for me. You know, you, you often see your friends getting jobs. You often see them kind of moving on in different areas. And I, I knew that, you know, college is over now. So it's like now it's time to, you know, what they, they say, make something of yourself. So I just became very depressed. Um, I felt like it was not working out for me. I felt like uh, nothing I was doing was working. And, yeah, so I, I, I fell into this really just deep, deep um, depression. And I ended up not going to church anymore. Um, I ended up, you know, kind of spending a lot of time by myself. Um, I, I mentioned in the book, uh, at moments I was, I was afraid, uh, I was afraid to go to sleep at night just because of the torment, um, that I would experience in the nightmares and, and just the darkness and fear that I felt. And I hated being awake because I felt very, very lonely throughout the day. Um, and it was at this time that, uh, for about a two month period, the enemy just began to whisper to me just about thoughts of suicide. And the thoughts were basically, you know, like, well, you have nothing to offer. You know, you haven't helped anyone. You're not helping anyone. Nothing's going on. Nothing's going right for you. Nothing is working for you. So now, you know, what, what point do you have in living? And this went on for about two months, maybe two and a half months. And um, I'll never forget. It was just one night when I just, I don't know what came over. But I felt like <laughs> I, I, I some mustered up enough courage and I just, I just cried out to God and I said, Lord, please rescue me. You have to rescue me. And sure enough, he answered. And it was probably the ne very next day when those that fog slowly began to lift. Um, and not completely. It definitely took some definitely took some time. But it was enough for me to kind of go back to church, um, start, you know, being around people again. And that's kind of when I made the decision to come home. Um, it was never my my initial intention after graduating to return to New, Jer New Jersey, but I felt that it was something I needed to do just to kind of find 
restoration and um, healing that, uh, that I felt like I wasn't getting where I was at. So I came back in, came back in November. I remember kind of even still after moving back, I felt this very heavy, uneasy feeling. All day long, I felt it. It didn't matter what, no matter what I was doing, no matter where I was, I just, it just was kind of on me. And I'll never forget driving home from my job at the, at the time. Um, I, I told God, I said, you know what? I said, I'm not getting out of this car until something changes. Um, because I know, I know for a fact, if you're as real as you say you are, and if I, if I am free and if, and if, um, who, who the sun sets free is free indeed. I don't have to walk around feeling like this. So I said, I'm not getting out of the car until something changes. And I, I began to pray. I began to war over my life. Um, um, praying in tongues, speaking encouraging words over myself, and just spending time with the, It was about two or three hours I was in that car. I was even outside of my house for a majority of it. And I remember when it kind of came to a close, you know, I was like, okay. I feel I feel different. I, uh, this freedom came over me, this joy, and it was like this feeling of you know what? Okay, now I can move. I can move forward and start doing things different. And that's when the Lord really started talking to me about to pursue, and and what it looked like to really pursue after Him because I I wanted this freedom. And I didn't want the freedom that came one day and left another day. I wanted the freedom that was maintained. And I thought to myself, there's no reason why I have to go back and forth with this freedom. There's no reason why. Today I can feel free, and tomorrow I, I feel trapped again. I don't have to do that anymore. Um, so I, I submerged myself in the Word, um, and I just began spending moment, every moment I could with God. Um, before work, after work, you know, I would talk to Him during work. And uh, it was at that time in December of last year, He said to me, He goes, I want you to start writing again. And I was like, okay. So this book is really a collection of, of my moments with Jesus. Um, that's, that's what it is, truthfully. You know, I always tell people, we often talk that, we often tell others that we have moments with God, but we never really talk about in detail what these moments look like. So, mm. I, I put it into the book. I, I started writing these poems. You know, some of it is what God said to me at those moments. Some of it is what I was saying to Him. Some of it was just what I was feeling at the time. Um, and I put it out there. I want this book to be raw. I wanted it to be exposed. I wanted it to be, wanted it to be vulnerable. And I wanted it to be short. I didn't want to add anything extra to it that could distract you. I just wanted you to see this uh, exchange between me and Jesus. And I wanted to point out the need for the exchange, the need for the daily communion. And that's what saved my life. That is what saved my life. That is what made what seemed like hell on earth to go from an amazing, amazing year for me. The the best, one of the best years I've ever experienced in my life, a year of growth, a year of healing, a year of restoration, a year of God speaking and me running after without thinking twice. You know, you mentioned all that goes into writing a book. It's not easy. <laughs> it really, it wasn't easy. And this was, this was a, a self-published. I didn't go through any, anybody else. So this was really me having to, you know, commit and be diligent and and really go after and believe that this was a good decision and believe that Lord told me to do it. So it's been, it was about almost a complete year from when I heard the word to write to when it, you know, finally was released. So as you say it's, it's a concise book. It's, it's a very powerful in terms of the, the writing style. It's prose, it's poetry. It's pretty amazing. Now, did you write 
some of this during your time of challenge or did it all come after you came through the challenge? Um, the first poem, uh, the first poem that's in there was written kind of like that same week of, of uh, my moment in the car with God. Um, I, it was probably right around that same time. And it was after I felt the freedom and the joy. But I was like, man, I want to I want to portray this in words of what this felt like, that the heaviness and the darkness and the ugliness and the fear. I wanted to really portray what um, I was feeling at that time. And then after that one is when I start I started writing during um, the I guess you would call it the healing process, the, the, trans- the transforming of my mind and my heart and everything else, this this rearranging, you know, at that time period. Good. If you wouldn't mind, would you read for us one of the uh, one of the days? Yeah, yeah, reflection? I sure will. Uh, this one is uh, January thirteenth, twenty eighteen. It's page twelve, and it says, "This has been the longest journey. I have always chosen the road less traveled. With every tough decision, every labored breath, every sleepless night, you were there with open arms, love-filled eyes, and grace-filled hands. How beautiful you are." I have run on my own, but it doesn't compare to running by your side. And again, we're talking to Darian Pleasant. If you just tuned in, uh, he has written a book entitled Pursuit from Darkness to Light. And it chronicles his walk from darkness to light as a believer who fell into a place of despair and Christ lifted him up out of that. And he's sharing this in the book. And I believe it's important that uh, you would get this book and read it and share it. All of us face seasons of challenge, and this kind of a resource here will help you through, help you in your pursuit from darkness to light. So how can we get the book? You can get it on my website. It's DarianVPleasant.com. It's there. Okay, and that's on the screen below us here. Yeah, you can get it there. It is also on Amazon. Find it on Amazon. So, uh, yep, those are the two ways that it's available right now. Excellent. Let's talk about another issue that is very important. That is issue of mental distress, uh, mental illness. We all come under attack sometime. It isn't always satanic. Sometimes it's uh, circumstantial. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's organic. But talk about how we can help people get around the blind spots of uh, understanding what they're going through and how to get help. No. I think at the, at the time... A blind spot for me at the time was, you know, you almost don't want to believe that you're suffering. <laughs> you know, you, you don't want to believe that you're going through a hard time. You don't want to believe that you're feeling this way. I know for me, one of the things that really prevented me from talking to anyone was I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to tell anyone about it. You know, not not that I felt like I was going to be judged, but it's like, you know, I, I was always seen as Darian, the believer. Uh, you know, I usually have wisdom for others. And now I will be the one going to someone saying, Hey, like I need help right now. You know, so it was just feeling it's feeling and also it just um it's shame. You know, it was almost it was I was I not only did I hate what was going on in my life, the the feeling of not having anything, the feeling of not going anywhere, but I also hated the fact that I was feeling this way. You know, I was almost like in disbelief, like not me, like I can't feel this way. I'm not gonna tell anyone that I'm feeling this way. So it's like you know, I feel like shame does play a part in sometimes it's embarrassment. Um, sometimes you feel like people, people won't receive it well or, you know, 
sometimes people think it's it, it's something you can kind of just walk out of on your own. You know, and we do face issues where it's like, okay, we just need to, in that moment, think a little bit differently, think positive. But sometimes it's more serious than that. Sometimes it is just this deep darkness that, you know, we can't dig out of on our own. And, and it's not as easy as just changing your mood in the moment. You know, it's it's, it's rooted, rooted way differently. Um, sometimes it is circumstances, you know. Um, for me at the time, I think that um, one season was coming to an end for me. You know, we mentioned the whole cheer thing, you know, and uh, and coaching. That is something I I identified with. You know, at that time in my life, that was who I was. You know, so I feel like with that coming to an end, being a college student, being a coach, being an athlete, with that coming to an end, now it's really time to find the new thing. So when you're being pulled away from something else and now um, you're, you're looking for your new identity, per se, and you can't find it, you know, for me, it just kind of put me in this dark place of like, who am I? And going from this place of being sure of myself to being very, very unsure. So I think the, just some of the blind spots are just, you have to acknowledge that it's okay. <laughs> um, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, you're, you're not broken. You're not damaged goods. You know, and these were the thoughts that I, I felt, you know, I'm not worthless. I, I'm not damaged goods. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with me because I feel this way. But you also do have to understand that it's important to talk to someone. Finding, I say in the book, I said, find someone you trust. Um, find someone who loves Jesus just as much as you do, who, who has godly wisdom that you can go and talk to and go and vent to. And that can give you um, good, positive, sound advice. Um, there's also lots of, like, you know, uh, national like suicide hotlines if you're experiencing those feelings. Those hotlines aren't just for suicide. You can call to talk to people um, about any of the issues that are m- making you feel this way. So That's why I believe what you've written in this book is so important. And our talk here is important because I believe just because of this interview, somebody will take courage and will reach out yeah, and get some absolutely. help. Because that's one thing we come into the sense of pride when you've been known to be a certain right. way and a rock of Gibraltar kind absolutely. of person. But all of us go yeah. through things, and and but to hide it and to conceal it, in a sense, with shame, mm-hmm. keeps us from being helped and growing. Right. And then worse yet is somebody else who would benefit from our mm-hmm. testimony doesn't get the benefit of knowing I went through that and God brought me. And, out. and if we're if we're talking about the more spiritual side of things, you know, it it was designed to separate me further from God. You know, it caused me to not go to church anymore where I was hearing the word. It caused yeah. me to distance myself from good friends. You know, it was designed to separate me. And the, the further you are away from God, the more the enemy is going to keep whispering, the more you're, you're going to be susceptible to those whispers. Um, so that's what it was rooted in. It was, it was designed to kind of steal everything from me, everything that, I, everything that was um, a possibility for me, everything that I, I'm capable of doing, everything that I carry. It was designed to mute me. And, you know, if I didn't find the courage to call out for God's help, who knows what would have happened, you know. But I say, I even say in my book, even in the midst of hearing the lies from the enemy, God was still speaking. And I believe um, that it was his his urge and his unction in me to, to cry out, you know, at that moment. But I didn't share all this to make anyone feel bad. I didn't share it. Uh, any of this for someone to feel like, man, like I should have been a better friend at that moment. Uh, it was my choice to separate myself. It was my choice in that time yes. to sec- seclude myself. But what I'm hoping 
is that I think the reason why God wanted me to be so vocal with this and so vulnerable was, like you said, to show that, believe it or not, we go through moments like this, you know, and, and it's okay. And and God's still present and he's still fighting for us and he's, he's still calling our name. And then I, I think one of the most impactful things I realized during this year of, you know, writing the book and freedom is that the God, God never sees us differently. You know, at the time it was like, man, I'm, I'm a failure. I'm not doing anything, but the Lord still saw me as a son. He still saw me as someone full of courage, someone that's powerful, someone that can change lives. He still saw me that way. And I, and, and uh, yeah. I recently uh, wrote a letter to a, a pastor um, that I like. And I remember in the letter, I just put, you know, a part of me feels like, man, I walked through such a tough time, but it, it had to shatter all of my prior beliefs and this image that I thought God was and this image that I thought Jesus was so so I could have a fresh perspective of the love that he has for me and the way that he truly sees me. Because once I once his love came and, and really rescued me and I really felt that love, it changed my view of everything. And it changed how I interact with others. It changed how I love others, you know. So, you know, as tough as it was, man, I'm I'm thankful that I walked through it. I'm thankful that God walked me through it. You know, I'm, I'm thankful that it, it had to be something I relied on him for. I couldn't do it on my own. Let me ask you this. When you came to the point where the Lord broke through and, and you began to, to sense his presence and respond to him, what do you think happened? Was it was it God's time or did you make the decision uh, what was it that brought you to the point of recognizing the need of a child um, to God? I think it was I think it was a decision I made. You know, like I had mentioned, it, it had been going on for probably about a month. Uh, sorry, about two months, and I, I I think I got to the point where I was like, enough is enough. You know, because even in the midst of me feeling that way, I mean, I knew God was real. I knew, you know, I can't discount all that's happened in my life because of, of how I was raised and who raised me and. I grew up in church. I know God is right. I know he's powerful. I know he's a miracle worker. I know that he loves me. But whatever was going on there, there was enough light for me to be like, enough is enough. Like, I, this has to change. I can't, I can't continue this way. So that's when I began to call out. You know, what's interesting, Darian. Um, I wasn't raised in church like you were. I came to Christ when I was oh, wow. 21 I know years that. old. And so I was, yeah, I was, my background is heathen, okay? Uh, but for kids who have raised, been raised in church, there's that challenge where you're living off the Very faith true. of your parents and the faith of the experiences around you, but you must discover it's, your own it's faith. Very true. I mean, you always yeah. had it, but your experience in faith was more living yeah, from your parents and others around you. So talk to, talk to young people growing up in church about the necessity of their own walk with God. Uh, you're absolutely right, and, and and they say that some of the toughest years and the most important years are the ones at college, the ones in your 20s. And I think I, I think I read a statistic one time that said, if, you know, by 25, most young adults decide whether they're gonna really live for Christ or not. Um, but it wasn't, you know, if you're living off of what you've been taught as far as mom and dad's faith. You know, it's hard to establish roots of your own. It's hard to establish your belief, your own real, real belief system. And when that trial or hard time comes, you're going to fall over. 
because in a sense, it's not real for you, you know? And it wasn't until I moved away from home and got out of, uh, out of the house and went to college and I started facing these issues pretty much on my own that it was either you, your faith is increased and you dig deep or you just kind of fall over. So it's important to really, you know, get in the word and understand God for yourself, understand who he is to you. Um, understand how what he says about you and and really establishing your identity identity in Christ for sure and certainly the foundation right. that was laid for you uh, you know was mm-hmm. always there right I tell people you never can fall lower than wow. your foundation. yeah that's good so thank God for Absolutely. a firm foundation in your life you cannot fall lower than that thank God for that now let's talk about the book again because the the writing style is remarkable let me ask you did you I mean, were you always in the poetry? Did you write this way? Or? It was either my junior or senior year in high school. Um, and I had a teacher at the time who, just the way she taught, really exposed my love for writing and my love for poetry, really. Um, and at the time, I did have a journal, and I wrote often. But it just began one of those things that I kind of stopped doing over time and just kind of fell away from. And it, w- it was interesting that maybe a month or so after the Lord spoke to me last year about writing, I came across an old journal of mine that I written in high school of just different poems and things I had kept. Um, and it really just kind of reminded me that, man, I love, I used to love doing this. Um, but it, it was a challenge to start up again. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed writing, but you know, you have to kind of get past those thoughts like, man, well, can I still write or, you know, will it be the same? Will it still be genuine? And then you're also thinking like, man, if I, if when this becomes a book, people are really going to be reading these intimate moments with God. So, but yeah, I've, I've always loved writing. I've always, it's been something I've been good at um, for years now. Uh, English has always been a favorite subject of mine. So. What well, shows brother? I, mean, Thank you, I, I appreciate you. I, 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 I'm a writer. I publish yeah, yeah, books. I'm aware. <laughs> I don't publish some. I was nervous sending it to you. <laughs> I was like, he, he does this for sure. <laughs> But this brother, you, this is, I mean, it's well written. It is because, you know, it's, it's a good package of the content is good. The writing style is mm-hmm. engaging. And can I encourage you who are viewing and listening to get this book, Pursuit from Darkness to Light by Darian Pleasant. And you will be encouraged. And I would even suggest getting a book to give yeah, to that, somebody. That. Because we all need the encouragement of God's word and the example of people who have been through something, and yet we all know people as well who can be encouraged by the same. So I want you to go to the uh, Darian's website there on the screen below you. Log right in. You will see it there. It's also Amazon.com. You can just go to Amazon and put in Pursuit Darian Pleasant, and you'll see the book and purchase that. So I want you to, uh, to engage with this young man. I want you to encourage him in his pursuit. I believe that this is the beginning Darian, of a lot of good interactions for you. Uh, there's a principle I call convergence. It's when, you know, convergence is when lines are not going parallel, but it, they begin right. to kind of go this way. At some point, they meet. And that convergence point for you appears to be your writing skills from high school days, uh, your journey being raised in a godly home, your journeys and empowering and coaching young people. And now your journey in being open about your life. And so all these streams yeah. of wisdom and grace have come together. 
into a convergence. So, brother, Thank I want to encourage you. And this is a good yeah, season I'm excited. for you. I'm excited. Yeah. It's a good season for you. It really is. We're going to finish up here. Let me ask you to share any closing thoughts you have to our uh, listeners and viewers about the importance of being open to God and being willing to be helped. Um, you know, I realize that as, as important as it is to read your Bible, as important as it is um, to know Scripture and the foundation that that gives you, it's so important um, to be real and to be honest and to be vulnerable because I, I believe that what draws most people, especially this generation and the younger generation, is they're eager for a real experience with Christ. And I know for me, with the kids that I've worked with, what has worked so well is me sharing my own life and my own experiences and how Jesus, how real Jesus is for me. Because um, most of, you know, Oklahoma is the Bible Belt, you know, so a lot of them know scripture. A lot of them are very aware, but, you know, when you, when you are vulnerable and open about your experience with Christ, I feel like it really just draws like it really just draws people in so I, I you know the lord spoke to me about 2019 and he said this is a, a year to shine your light even brighter you know and that's something we all carry so i encourage anybody um any believer to shine your light brighter share your experiences um fall in love with giving um fall in love with sharing your testimony fall in love with sh um, sharing what you've walked through so other people can benefit and other people can know that okay i'm in a tough time right now but it's okay right now, and the Lord still loves me. He's still He's still with me. He's still walking with me. Um, he's not far from me. So, I think it's just important to remember how um, how important being open, being real, being vulnerable is with, with people. So. Outstanding. I've been speaking with Darian Pleasant, all the way from New Jersey, and we're connecting here online and recording this interview to play back what you're watching it now. And again, I want to encourage you to go to his website, uh, Darian Pleasant. It's on the screen there, and you'll want to log in there and get the information about the book, Pursuit from Darkness to Light, and connect with him. And this, you know, I'm sure he'll write you back Absolutely. if you contact him. He'll contact you back. I want you also to let this be an example of the importance of reaching out for help, of being open and honest with God, and letting him use the gifts he has already laid into your heart. Darian's writing gift has been there for a long time. And now that gift has come out in the form of this book. And I see him doing more of these types of inspirational yeah. works. So, Darian, I want to thank you for coming on to Conversations in the Focus. Thank you. Friends, thank you for watching Conversations in the Focus here on Vision Stream Network. You want to go to our podcast and see both this conversation and previous conversations are available on iTunes and on Podbean and on TuneIn, you want to uh, log into our website at businessstreamnetwork.tv and follow our various programs and be inspired uh, by the various shows we have, both our shows, my shows, and shows from producers on our network. Until then, God bless you and have a great day.